Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Talk Cash or Don't Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Odebo, also known as Johnny Debs. Hope you're ready for today's episode. Let's get it. People, you are tuned into a rant-style personal finance podcast. If you're looking for someone to get in your face about personal finance and investing topics, I'm definitely your guy. The motto on this show is talk cash or don't speak. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. It's your boy, Johnny Deebs, back in the flesh. Well, uh, not necessarily in the flesh, more back digitally in your ear. You know what time it is. Took a couple weeks off, and by a couple, I mean two. I know it felt like longer, but you know, I guess one week away from me, it's just, it just doesn't feel right. So I'm back. I'm back, baby. The leaves are changing. And so is this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We're here. Talk cash or don't speak. Thanks for joining me on a Tuesday. This is going to drop super late on a Tuesday night because it's been a hell of a day. Um, it had been a hell of a couple of days, really, uh, but it's all good. I appreciate you guys tuning in. It's another day. It's another week. And we got some money stuff to talk about, right? Uh, Because I was gone for two weeks, I actually have a lot of stuff to talk with you about. A lot of good, juicy information. But I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about my own money struggles recently. And by struggles, oh dear, uh, I'm going to make myself a little vulnerable because you're going to think I'm a fucking pretentious prick by the struggles I'm about to talk with you about. But I've been on a buying spree furnishing the Airbnb. A lot of lot of Amazon purchases. I have not been budgeting since I bought this house. It's been a fucking nightmare. It's been causing some stress and anxiety for me because I, I don't even know where to start with a budget right now. I've had like one electric bill. It was like $160. I'm used to paying 90 and splitting it with a roommate in a thousand square foot apartment. Hmm, not a fan of that. My old water bill in my apartment was like 10 or $15. Now it's like 90. The fuck? But I have a big yard now that I just got the irrigation system updated on. That sucked, but I want a good yard and I want grass. And uh, the irony is that this landscaping company that I hired, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, And that's not my area of expertise and my time should be put towards other shit. But they came, they're like, yeah, we got to, we would recommend fixing this, this, and that. I pushed back on a couple of things. They gave me good, adequate answers that I liked because I'm a salesperson. I just want to test the, test the people to see if they're bullshitting me or if they actually have some, some stuff to back up what they're trying to sell me. So I went through with it. It was like $1,500 to upgrade the sprinkler system. A couple of heads needed to be replaced. And then there was one or two sprinkler heads that were just fucking leaking, like literally just like squirting out the side. It was going all over a fence. So it was wasting water. Um, So I upgraded and that and I upgraded like the system so that I can now monitor it from my phone. It's a smart irrigation system, which I was like, do I want to pay 100 extra for the ability to monitor it from my phone? The answer is yes, because now if I know it's raining without going into the garage and fiddling around with the sprinkler system, I can manage it from my phone whether I'm home or not, which 
if you've been following this summer, I was rarely home. And in general, right? Like I just don't want to have to be home if it's going to rain. Boom, boop that shit off. And now no water because the rain does that. So we're hopefully going to save water and, and track it a little bit better there. But the, they came out and they fixed the irrigation system. And they're like, and then like two weeks later, they were going to come and winterize the sprinkler system. I was like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> I'm getting the benefits of my sprinkler system. I want to enjoy this. I want to let this shit run for a little bit before I let the grass die for the winter. So I had to push that back a couple of weeks, but I realized it probably wasn't the best investment right now. I probably could have waited uh, over the, uh, in, throughout the winter until spring. New homeowner shit is a lot, man. It's uh, there's some of these things where I'm just trying to like prioritize, like, do I do this now? Do I not? I got the second recommendation from two people in two months to replace my washing machine or my dishwasher. That was lovely. It's like $800 there. The first guy I was like, you must think I'm made of money. I, I don't, I don't have that right now. And then the second time someone did it, they're like, you need to get it fixed. Cause it's leaking for them to come out and fix it. It might be like two, $300. And there's no guarantee that that'll actually fix it. So you might end up having to pay more anyway. Ugh, ugh. So uh, now I'm comparing both and it, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do there, but there's always shit popping up. Um, the house hadn't been maintained well before me. It had good bones, I guess you could say. But anyway, my focus has been the Airbnb. And yet there's also that. There's the main house. There's stuff going wrong there. So I got the, the landscaping, the irrigation system, all that juicy stuff, right? That's been stressful. So I, I haven't been spent. I haven't been budgeting. I've been spending like crazy. And I feel like that's almost trickling through into my private life or my personal wants and needs like i uh like two weeks ago this is like as irresponsible as i have almost gotten in the last year or so at least right uh i've been really i've been enjoying life over the last like year and a half but i've been still monitoring the money before that it was really easy. So I'm going all the way back to even 2020 now. It was really easy to get ahead financially if you had a job uh, because because of COVID, the bars weren't open. So I didn't have $100 bar tabs every weekend. Wasn't really going out to eat as much. And when I did, I would get to go. So it was really easy to like not spend as much. Then 2021 rolled around and things opened up. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to enjoy it. And then like this year, it was like a mix of how fiscally, I try to balance that life of like, I want this, I want to enjoy life now, but I also have my goals and my long-term goals. It's really hard, but like, that's the fun part about this life, right? Like I'm not all in on fire, which is financial independence, retire early. And I'm not all in on spend it now, spend it while you're young. Tomorrow isn't promised. Tomorrow's not promised, but like, come on. If you get to tomorrow and you don't have shit, then you're a liability, bro. And one thing I will not be as a liability as a human being. There are people you need to ask yourselves if they are a liability or are they an asset? Are they a time suck or are they a time add? Do they add value to their your life or are they always bringing you down? Are they going to help you get to your goals or are they going to pull you further away from your goals and create distractions? And I'm, I'm doing that a lot with people, but like also think about yourself, right? I just want to make sure that I am an asset to others. And maybe that's just ego. If I am, and I'm sure, I'm sure of it, 
there are some people that consider me a liability. Cut me off, please. Cut me off. Say something, don't say anything. People do it all the time. And I register it, I recognize. And that's okay, I don't care. They're moving on to other things. Probably not as good at things as me <laughs> from personal experience. But anyway, um, so this financially irresponsible thing I almost did, late September, I went watch shopping. I wanted a new watch. I, it's like, it was like an impulse buy, right? Like I, I, I had, I'm making these purchases for the house and spending thousands of dollars. And I'm like, oh, I want to buy a watch too. I went shopping. I was ready to buy an Omega Seamaster. It's like one of my watches I've been looking at for a while between that or a two-door Black Bay, which is about like three to $4,000. The Omega is like 5,000. People were like, wow. I just, I don't know. I just felt, I felt like I deserved it. I had an itch. I think I had a hole. Like I needed some validation because I've been, I feel, I feel like I've been putting a lot of work in over the last two months and spending a lot on shit that I'm not directly like getting that dopamine rush from. Like there's nothing new and sexy going on. It's more just projects that are all half completed. And that's extremely frustrating place to be in, but that's like a place that I'm in a lot because I usually bite off a little bit more than I can chew. So I went and the Seamaster that I wanted, they didn't have, and the Tudor in, in the exact color that I wanted and the Tudor they didn't either, which was best case scenario. Cause I'm like, then I can sit and think about it. I was ready to make the impulse buy, but I was like, this way I can sit, think about it for another month or not a month, a week. I wasn't sure how long it was going to be. They called me the next Saturday. They're like, Hey, we have the watch. Would you like to come in? Um, in that week, I found a PS five online and I purchased it and I got my dopamine rush for $600 because it was a bundle instead of a watch. I'm really thankful of that 600 instead of 6,000. I just, I, it would have gone against everything I believed in to buy the watch. I was ready to do it, but in my mind, I, I like had resentment towards myself. It's just an interesting way of the way we think about money and ourselves and our goals right? Like I've been wanting this for a while. 2016, 2017 is when I started looking at two doors in the Seamaster of 2017, 2018. So it's like, do I deserve? And, and I had people around me uh, telling me, yes, you deserve it. Others saying, is it really smart right now? And the answer was no, it was not smart. Uh, there's so much more financial shit going on that I have to deal with that are actual priorities, but I wanted it. And I just wanted to share this with you, the listener, because it happens, right? We all deal with the impulses. And I did a whole episode on like not doing impulse buys or how to deal with it. I still went and got the, the, the PlayStation, which I've been an Xbox guy for like the last 15 years. I still call this new PlayStation 5 and Xbox. It's super frustrating to others. But um, yeah, uh, I like it. I'm happy with it. It's it's given me a little bit of joy. It's given me a distraction though. And that's what I'm worried about. The watch wouldn't have been a distraction, but it was like 10x more. So when you guys are looking at your impulse buys, just think, like try to dig deep on like why. Like, I think I knew why. I was like, I just have been doing a lot for what I would consider not myself, even though it is myself. It's kind of my future self. I've been making these investments in the property for a long-term John and hopefully to remove rent or mortgage payment 
for at least a year, maybe two or two years, who knows, right? For a foreseeable future, it should cash flow. And I just felt like I needed something for myself. That's totally okay, right? Like if you need something for yourself, then then we can fix that with maybe a little cheaper something. Who knows? I might've been okay with like a, a, a $200 watch, just adding to the collection. But I just wanted to share that because that's what everybody goes through. And I almost went against my own advice. So I can come up here and preach all day long, but I'm still human. I still make mistakes. I almost made this mistake. You could argue that buying the PlayStation was a mistake too, but I wanted it. I wanted that for a while. They finally became available and I'm happy. I wish I could go antisocial for like the months of October and November and December. It's winter. It's winter, right? So that's a time to bunker in new games coming out. A $70 game that keeps me away from the bars for three weekends in a row saves me like $200 of bar tabs and then $50 of Ubers at least. And another $50 of drunk food for a $70 game. But I can't really be antisocial right now. I can. This is like the, the extrovert in me. I love Halloween. I love Halloween. So there's like spookiesies and haunted houses that I want to go to because I don't want to like miss out. I don't want to be like next year. What did I do for Halloween last year? And the answer is nothing. I love Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays to celebrate. And then Thanksgiving comes in November. But my parents are coming to me this year. So I don't have to go back to St. Louis and go out and be extremely social then. So I, I will have some time once the Airbnb is done to play some Xbox. Or <laughs> I just did it again uh, to play some PlayStation. Catch me on PlayStation. But yeah, so that uh, another thing, another treat that I've been wanting to do is go on a trip. So I made a plan for New Orleans for Halloween and I invited a bunch of people and I booked an Airbnb that was refundable, of course. When you're booking, free money tip right here, when you're booking with friends, always make it refundable if possible because friends are shitty and they bail. And sometimes shit comes up in your own life that you have to bail on for too. But I booked a 10 person Airbnb. It was a fat crib. It looked like it could be on MTV Cribs or MTV Real World or something. And I basically invited a bunch of people and I was like, whoever can make it, make it. And then the interest was high, but no one really wanted to commit. And then it started weeding down to like three or four people. And I was like, am I even going to be able to fill this 10 person house? So we just cancel that. And then it's like, okay, do we, go, do we go to Vegas then for a quick little weekend getaway? Why do I want to go to Vegas? Because I want to go out. What, what would I do in Vegas? Well, first of all, I'd hit a strip club. <laughs> Second of all, nice dinner. Third of all, another nice dinner. Fourth of all, gamble. I don't know. All things that I like, but it's all spending money and... Uh, it's not just a cheap flight over there, but I don't know. Vegas might still happen. If you catch me in Vegas, mind your business. <laughs> it was an improv. I got a good deal. It was an impromptu week trip, midweek trip. I don't know. I, I'm, but I, I'm still itching to like do this personal stuff for myself while also just wanting to stay home and hide inside and uh, be antisocial. So hopefully by the end of this week, 
I have all the forms filled out for my Airbnb and that application is fully done. And the house right now, furniture built, one or two things to fix up still, but really, we're, we're, uh, I mean, a month behind. September, early September was the goal. So just over a month behind now. Hmm. Yeah, it's not going well. It's going slow. But hopefully it pays off, right? We're getting into ski season. But I just wanted to be transparent with you guys and share some of the some of the urges that I'm having and like budgeting and wanting to buy things. Stay strong. We're going into an expensive season. Thanksgiving, family time, Christmas, New Year's, holiday, travel to see the family, gifts, all that stuff, expensive. Uh, if you can hold off on any big purchases right now, do it because it's also recession time, right? It is also recession time. Companies are doing layoffs. You see it every day. I was going to say every week, but it's every day that another big company is doing layoffs. Google, layoffs. Tesla, layoffs. I'm trying to think of some of the other companies I've been seeing. Uh, Apple, I think, did some non-essential layoffs. My company, Okta, laid off some recruiters. That was a little scary because these sales recruiters hired all these salespeople for the year. And then we were like over, we were like, we were fully stocked on salespeople. And then they're like by recruiters who hired the salespeople. So that's, that's a little iffy, right? Every company has to make the justification of like, who do we keep? Who's an essential versus non-essential? What keeps the lights on? Think about your role. And if you're in a role that might be deemed non-essential or if like something, a, a major leadership change happened recently, those are all things to keep in mind and like hold off on the big purchases until you're very comfortable, until the new year and you're past the holiday season. But you already know if you're budgeting for the holiday season, I like to put a little bit of money away each month. And then also if I see deals in the summer, I get holiday gifts for family and friends over the uh, over the summer and then just stock it away somewhere i got a whole basement now i got i got more stuff to more space to stock that stuff yeah now is not the time for those aggressive purchases i'm happy i went with i, I got a ps5 for myself i love that also if you're looking for a gift for your husband boyfriend son if, you're, if your girl is a gamer chick um PS5s are becoming a little more readily available without having to pay like the huge upcharge of like $800 to $1,000. Starting price is like $400 for the, for the non-disc digital version and $500 for the disc version. You're most likely going to have to get it in a bundle where you get a game with it, which isn't a bad deal, right? And then, they, then whoever you're getting it for gets a game right away. The PS5 is the perfect gift that's going to keep your man happy. I'm setting the bar high here. Okay, moving on. Moving on from me. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about the listeners. California. California, wake up. Californian, stand up. I know you guys have been having a tough time, man. You guys had the COVID shutdowns. Gas going crazy. Five, six dollars, seven dollars a gallon. Hey, Californians, you're about to get a break here. All right. Californians are getting another stimulus check. Exciting stuff. Early October, these are going to start rolling out. Anywhere from $300 to $1,000. Californians, check your mail. 
Don't let someone else stick into your mail, right? Or sneak into your mail, stick into your mail. What am I saying? Uh, roughly over half of Californians are going to uh, uh, qualify for this. It's called the middle class tax refund. And you can, if you go online, if you type in like California state tax refund, you will get an idea of what you are due. But uh, I, I talked a little bit about a couple of episodes ago about how Colorado was getting a Tabor tax refund. We got $750 back. But if you are a Californian and you make less than $250,000, that is the income limit as an individual to get the minimum. So it's like $200, I think you get if it's 250. And then couples, obviously, whenever these things come out and it's individual payments, it, the same thing applies for couples, just double that, okay? But if you are learning less than seven. $5,000 a year, then you're going to get the maximum payout. And if you have a dependent, you're going to get an extra additional payout for $350. So that's, that's 700 right there. Sorry, 350 is the basic payout, the, the maximum payout. You're getting $350 if you make less than 75K. If you have a dependent, you're getting an additional 350. That 350 trickles all the way down to 200 for those who make 250K a year. You're, if you're somewhere in the middle, you're getting somewhere in the middle there. And the a dependent is the where the additional income could come from. If you're a joint filing family, then that could double. So then you're getting like 700. So you can see anywhere you could get between like 300 to a thousand, maybe 200 if you make a, a shit ton up like 250. But keep an eye out for those coming out, people. Uh, it looks like this isn't going to have to necessarily affect inflation too much. Uh, I know because that was like a big thing with the main stimulus checks that were going out back in 2020, 2021. This is, it's a small amount compared to what the uh, average person earns in California. And also it's just California. So it shouldn't affect inflation too much. That's the good news. Not gonna afford or not gonna affect inflation too much. But I mean, when we talk about our national deficit, our country has their own spending problem. We just spend and spend and spend. That's another $9 billion right there of taxpayer money without even realizing it. It has to be taxpayer money, even though it's coming back to you in the form of like a tax refund, because who pays for the state's shit? The taxpayers do. I wanna, I wanna transition a little bit into kind of my rant of the day, right? My rant of the day is recession-based. Let me get my glasses ready. Recession-based, uh, but I also just talked about what happens during recessions is layoffs and firings of, of, of non-essential positions and mass layoffs. So I want to kind of tie in what to do if you're fired mixed with my recession rant. Okay, let's first talk about if you're fired. Here are my recommendations. If you were fired, the first thing you should do is not sign shit. And, and firing is different from layoffs. If you are fired, do not sign shit from your employer unless you're getting something. In sales, we call this a give get. If you want something from me, if you want me to give something, I got to get something. A lot of the time, employers will sign or will offer when firing you severance packages in order to keep you 
mm, let's say this nicely, quiet, comfortable, content. And that, that severance package could be three months of pay. It could be a month of pay for every year of service that you had there, plus benefits for a certain amount of time after uh, your, your last day of employment from them. Most of the time, they will have you sign uh, an, an NDA, uh, maybe a non-compete, some additional information like that. Do not sign any, or commit to any of those things if you're in the office, in the office. No matter what, you should take it home and review it. Ideally, you should take it home and review it with an employment lawyer. Now, I know what you're thinking. I just got fired. I don't have money for the next who knows how long. So am I really going to uh, bring on a lawyer? A consultation with a lawyer to see if you have a case against um, wrongful unemployment uh, or, or firing, wrongful termination, a discrimination case, anything like that. Probably not going to be too much, right? It might be like 100 to $200 an hour and a good consultation, maybe an hour, maybe two. So at most, you're like talking about 200 to $400. I know that sucks. Put it on your fucking credit card. It could potentially get you thousands of dollars in returns. The ROI is worth it for a, a consultation at least. Now, a good lawyer, if you do that consultation, then they'll tell you if you have a case or not. Then you have to decide if you want to employ that lawyer and take on the case. That's a whole nother financial decision. But the first thing you should do is review the documentation they give you and do not sign shit until you fully understand what you are signing. If they fired you and you can immediately go to the competitor and, and, and sell intellectual information and get hired in the same position or a higher position or get a promotion from a competitor because of the information that you have to take from your employer, you should do that. And them paying you $10,000 which is maybe one or two months expenses, maybe three, maybe four, right? When we talk about lower income people, $10,000 is a lot, but the information and the ability for you to get another job, if you can get a job in two months, or sorry, two weeks, then what's the point of taking a severance package and potentially signing an NDA or a non-compete? An NDA is a non-disclosure agreement where basically you don't talk bad about the company, and you're not sharing intellectual or internal information. So that's, that's why it makes sense to review and consider your options. Take a day, deal with yourself, right? Get yourself in the right headspace, whatever that means. Or that means going out on a bender for just a 24-hour bender. <laughs> Everything in moderation, people. If you're going to go on a bender, make it a one- or two-day bender. Nothing more. Don't get crazy. Maybe that's crying. Maybe that's getting together with friends, getting together with family. Maybe it's canceling your lease. <laughs> uh, canceling any big payments that you just purchased. Sign up, signing up for a credit card that has a 15-month no-interest policy to fund your lifestyle for another 15 months. No. Um, <laughs> that, that advice went downhill and more and more degenerative very quickly. But... Consider your options, get your head together, take a day or two, and then attack. It's attack mode. It's grind mode. What's next, right? What do you have? What are your skills? What can you do? Who can you market those skills to? Who do you know in your network? I see people making posts on LinkedIn. I personally wouldn't um, for my personal brand, <laughs> but you could. 
I see people being like, hey, I'm, I was laid off. Layoffs are way different from being fired too, right? But I would reach out to your personal connections and see if anybody's got openings. You might only be without a job for like a week. You might be interviewing the next day. So that's my first step, right? The next step is what can you cut out of your immediate budget right away? Streaming, Netflix, you're gonna have a lot of empty time. It's tempting. Do you have Netflix, Disney, Hulu, Showtime, HBO? Immediately cut that in half. I would say that's like being reasonable, right? Because you probably spend without even realizing it, $100 a month on, on streaming. That's just the way streaming is these days. Uh, <laughs> because we did it to cut the cord, but now it's like the same price as what the cord, the cable cord was. You probably spend roughly about $100 a month on streaming or subscription services too. If you are getting a shopping service where they like send you the boxes, cut that shit out immediately. If you're a girl and you have like beauty boxes coming, cut that shit out immediately. Got to have your nails done. Got to have your, your, your toenails done. Cut that shit immediately. Immediately, immediately, discretionary spending, discretionary spending. Get comfortable with that word, discretionary income. Discretionary income is income after your essentials or your necessities. So what's uh, discretionary spending? It's discretionary spending. It's spending, it's spending after your fucking main requirement and, 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 and purchases. Extra money. Cut that shit out if you can. Anything that you have that you can put a pause on immediately, put a pause on it. You had a major life circumstance. If you need to call your credit card company and ask for an extension, maybe, maybe do that right? And just see what they will do. I just got fired from my job, blah, 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 blah. The people that you owe money to or that you have bills towards are the ones that you should save your sob story for. Not your friends, not your family. Go be as vulnerable with them as you usually are, I guess. But the, the people that like your credit card, lay it on them. Lay the tears on them. It's just been so hard. I didn't see this coming. Six years, I was loyal to this company. First of all, why the fuck were you loyal to a company? This is the corporation of America. It's capitalism, baby. You got to be loyal to your fucking self. But, 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 I digress. Those are the ones that you're like, hey, can I get an extension? Is there any type of flexibility that you can give me? And then go through your full, pull your uh, statement from the last month and start highlighting shit that you can cancel or, or, or pause right away. It might only be a couple of weeks. It might be a couple of months, depending on what job you're in. This job market is not what it was last year. Companies are not getting the same type of funding. They're not growing as quickly. And most are smartly pausing or, or being careful with their hiring because of the economic times that we're in. Those are like the first steps I would do right there. Second or third, I guess, because the first was don't sign anything, review everything. Step two is mark, pull that budget down. Let's start knocking it down a little bit. Number three is let's get the income back in. Let's get some income. Get on Rover. Start fucking walking dogs. Get on, what's that's, that's the dog walking one. There's house sitting ones. There's plant sitting ones. Oh my God. There's so many apps. Get on fucking Uber Eats or DoorDash. I mean, 
Sometimes those aren't, you're really not making that much money, but you're not working. Get some fucking income. In this economy, in this day and age right now, and I say, I know I just said the economy is bad, but in this day and age, the hustle, or not the hustle, uh, the side hustle culture and the gig economy, yo, you can easily make $1,000 easily. I don't want to fucking hear it. You can easily make $1,000 a month without having a nine to five job. Easily. Easily. Get a side hustle. Get three. You're not working. Your full-time job should be interviewing if you want to get back into the job. But also maybe you have some talents. Maybe you want to go viral on TikTok. Maybe now's the time to start that YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe you reach out to me and help me get my website set up and my YouTube channel set up. I don't know. I'd pay somebody to, to help do that if they did a good job of it. You never know. And, and, and so the third thing I would say is find some income, right? Oh, and then add into that networking, right? Top four things you should be doing when you get fired. All right, let's move on from the doom and gloom. But uh, the economy is not great, people. It is doom and gloom every day if you read the news. So I just wanted to talk about a recession, right? A fucking recession, right? First of all, real quick, adding this into the news, Goodwill. I posted this the other day on the page. Goodwill is now going to start offering luxury brands like Prada and I forget the other one they mentioned, but people are starting to trade their good their their luxury brands into Goodwill. Recession indicator. The recession is when wealth is built. Downtimes in the market is when wealth is built. If you have cash on the sideline right now, you are in a position of power. People are going to be losing their jobs. People are going to be over their head in real estate because they bought a house at the top of the market. They overpaid for it. They can't afford it anymore now that they lost a job. Or if they didn't lose a job, they just can't afford their house because they only wanted to do it for a year and then sell it. But now they can't sell it. So many reasons. Real estate is down. Stock market is down. Crypto is down. NFTs are at zero. <laughs> um, now is the time to buy assets on sale with cash that you have. Buy, low, sell, high. Has anybody heard that before? Then why the fuck is it the opposite that most of the people are doing? Buy high and selling when it's low. No, now you have an opportunity. And if you have cash sitting around, if you are gainfully employed, if you are in a strong financial position, you have the chance to buy assets from people who are selling them at a loss, but just want to get rid of it because they can't afford it, or in the market, like the stock market, for a lower amount than it was last year. We call that a fucking deal. We call that a sale. You go to Nordstrom Rack, you see something 30% off, you buy it. You go to the stock market, you see 30% off, you close the fucking Robinhood app. Get the fuck off Robinhood for the first for the for the fifth millionth time. I'm gonna have to say that on this fucking podcast. But now is the time to have money on the side. If you're investing that money and you're like, oh, I don't really have cash right now, but I'm just like paycheck to paycheck, I'm still dollar cost averaging or adding a little bit to each pay uh, into the stock market. That's fine too. Um, we don't know what's going to happen over the next, let's say seven months. Cause that mm, eight months, cause that pretty much covers us until summer next year. 
I would say things are going to be rocky, shaky, and unknown, unprecedented until summer 2023. And then we'll see what happens still, right? The first two quarters of 2023 are going to be very telling. So we also have midterms coming up. Economic policy could be changing a lot. Uh, People think that Russia is about to go nuclear. Just keep an eye out in your neighborhood for houses going on sale. And then look at what they were on sale for last year. Keep an eye out for properties, uh, like uh, commercial properties that are sitting vacant and empty or constructions that were being built that are on pause. All of that is an indicator that it is time that people are are not doing as well as they thought or that they're starting to pull back spending. Because that's the thing too, companies will just pull back spending. Maybe not like shutter up shop, but pull back spending. Minus COVID, I'm 29. I was born in 1993. I During 2008, which was the last recession, I was 15. Yeah. Sorry, 13. Yeah, about 13, 14, whatever. I can't even fucking remember. But I was in like high school pretty much age. So... I didn't really have the opportunity to benefit from that. If you're a little bit older than me, you might have been in college and you probably also weren't in a position to benefit from it. You're probably just scared about the job market. If you're way older than me, <laughs> if you're like 40, then you were in a position to hopefully benefit from that while you were still dealing with the tough job market. But um, for people that are in their 20s and for most people in their 30s, you were not in a position to benefit from 2008, the last time that we had a really big recession. Meaning that for most of us, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. This is the best opportunity in your life so far to invest money other than COVID. And during COVID, hey, guess what? Stocks are right back at that level. Some are lower, some are a little bit higher. But like... Watch what happened in COVID. If you, if you timed it right, which was March, pretty much February, March, late February, early March, 2021, then you saw a fucking magnificent level of gains over the last year for your stock. And then you watched it get wiped out over the last six months. What does that tell you? It means we just had a fucking setback. We're, I, looking at some of the stocks that I purchased, they're at the same level that they were at in 2019. Meaning that if you didn't have money from 2019 to 2020, it's three years later, why the fuck don't you still have money? Or if you do have money now, it's time to invest. It is time. All assets, all assets are on sale. So either sit on cash for a little bit longer and kind of see what happens over these next eight months or so. But right now, the stock market is so jumpy and it we're seeing some of the reddest days we're seeing companies at 52 month all 52 week all time high uh, all time lows sorry um 52 week lows not all time lows but now is the time to do it okay that's my rant and i tied it in well californians are getting money i wanted to spend money i didn't economy is crazy if you're getting fired now you know what to do Recession proof yourself.
have some money on the sideline. That should be an emergency fund in case you get fired. And then that should be a little bit of cash. Whatever your portfolio is, if you have $100,000, probably like five to 10% of it should be cash. And that's like, that, I'm saying that right now. During really good economic times where things are booming, it can seem wasteful. But what if we said that last year when the economy was boom, mm, it's been tough to say the economy has been booming over the last couple of years, right? But like having some cash on the sideline at all times is always a good idea. How much is up to your risk tolerance? I say five to 10% cash of your entire portfolio. And then that allows you to be buying things now. That allows you to be buying businesses from people because they're just like, I don't like the, econ the economy right now. I've been trying to retire over the last couple of years anyway. Boom, I'm about to retire. You're a young buck. Get in the fucking game. I hope this motivated you a little bit, right? Like, I don't know. But you should be fired up right now. If you're a top casher, if you listen to this podcast and you are a little uncertain about the economic times, like the other day I was talking to someone and they're like, yeah, everything's on sale right now. It's awesome. All right, man. Unfortunately, awesome means people are getting laid off. Like that's the unfortunate thing about bad economic times. The, the company is going down. Companies are at all-time low stock prices. Shareholders are pissed. People are getting fired. And, and that affects the lower class and the middle class a lot more than the upper class who are comfortable. But if you're a top casher, you're most likely in at least the middle class, right? Meaning you should at least have some money saved, some cash. You should be licking your lips at the opportunity to buy these assets. You should be hyped up. Again, like, like it's like in the big short when they were right and they, they, ma they made all their money at the very end. They're like, don't fucking, uh, I think Brad Pitt's character was like, don't gloat, right? Like people are killing themselves. People are jumping off fucking buildings because they just lost their entire 401k. Yeah, don't gloat. But if you did the work, you deserve to reap the benefits right now. If you've done the work and you have the cash laying around, pummel that shit into the stock market. Real estate, snap up those foreclosed properties. That's my rant. I hope I motivated you a little bit. I got to go. I got to go play soccer. <laughs> I got to go play soccer, guys. Sorry. But um, that's my rant for this week. I'd like to elaborate a little bit more on, on some of this. Maybe next week we'll talk. We'll go into depth a little bit more on, on the recession and stuff. Um, what that means and maybe some things to get ahead. But uh, thank you guys for listening today. Happy Talk Cash Tuesday if you're listening on Tuesday. If you're not listening on Tuesday, happy whatever fucking day it is for you. Loser, you didn't listen on Tuesday. I won't take it personally though. It's okay. Thanks for listening. Hey, go give us a follow, by the way. At Talk Cash Pod on Instagram, at Talk Cash Pod on Twitter, at Talk Cash Pod on TikTok. I'm going to get back on the TikToks I deleted my TikTok app for a bit because I just, I got the heebie-jeebies. I need to make the sacrifice. My privacy is not worth it. You deserve this. You deserve this content. I'm retuning my, uh, my office here. I call it the Talk Cash Content Creation Center because I'm fucking clever like that. <laughs> and I'm going to try to set it up so I can just do shorter snippets of content every single day. When I have something on my mind, rant about it versus saving it up for the podcast. And the podcast, you'll get the long form explanations. 
but um, I want to do shorter snippets and 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 provide quick, 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 fun news snaps for you. Did that for a bit on Instagram over the summer. It was it's a little more tiring than you guys think um, to just like. But if it's a little more impromptu, then it can just be like record, post, send, share. You better like that shit. You better share that shit. Comment on that shit. All right. Go give me a follow. Go support it in any way you can, right? Share an episode. I appreciate all of that. Um, but thank you guys for listening again. We're coming back with a fury, all right? It is Q4. It is Q4. It is money-making season. It is robbing season. It is fucking holiday season. It is spooky season. It is family season. It is antisocial winter season. It is I'm trying to fucking ski as many days of the week as I can season. Let's fucking go, okay? I'm I'm excited. Um, I took a couple weeks off. My energy is renewed. I'm recharged. And I hope I'm fucking charging you up. Let's fucking go! <laughs> Let's fucking go! That was my Jordan Belfort speech right there. Um, but let's go. Q4, whatever goals you didn't accomplish. Remember my halfway speech was like, let's reassess for the second half of the year. I have a lot of shit to do. I have a lot of shit to give you. I have a lot of shit to provide you guys. And I think, I think I can get it all done by the end of the year, 2023, new year. We're coming through with a smash, but the work starts now. That's the thing. People are like, new year, new me. Bitch, the new year was supposed to start in fucking October when you had to put in the work for January 1 to actually be anything different. If you start in January 1, you might get round to it at the end of the year. That's the way shit goes. That's the way New Year's resolutions go. Think about your New Year's resolutions now. Start working towards them now. I'm fucking hyped up. Let's fucking go. All right? At Talk Cash Pod, Instagram, Twitter. I, I promise you guys, we're going, we're, we're going to another level. You're going to see a lot more content. Let's fucking go, fam. Tune in out. Peace out, Johnny Deebs.